0: great Ryan Fitzpatrick has retired. We've got some more revelations about Deshaun Watson off the field and the Denver Broncos might be going a little light blue since they just got bought by some Walmart money. Uh, but welcome to It's a Football Podcast and we'll start this week, uh, with some news on Aaron Donald. Uh, Tyler what's going on, man? Uh, you've been all over this Aaron Donald situation since the end of the Super Bowl and, uh, Aaron Donald,
1: uh, just got paid. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, you said it right. He got paid in a major way, a $40 million raise, essentially, uh, $95 million through 2024. Uh, He's going to average $31.7 million annually, which is the highest uh, amount of money for uh, any non-quarterback in NFL history, and he certainly deserves it. It's hard to argue it. I mean, it, without him, the Rams don't win the Super Bowl. Without him, the Rams aren't a Super Bowl contender. He's the uh, franchise leader in sacks, and he has the most sacks in the NFL since the 2016 season. I mean, and that's saying something for an interior defense alignment. Um, in my opinion, he's not only the best uh, defensive player in the NFL, but he is the best player in the NFL. So he got compensated like it this week. It's well deserved. He's uh, the best player in the NFL, in my opinion.
0: Definitely well deserved, Tyler. And and I just look at the uh, the rankings of you know annual uh, you know average value for contracts, and and it's amazing to see Aaron Donald up there with some quarterbacks. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is up there at the top of the list at $50 million. Deshaun Watson is next with 46 million with his new deal with the Browns. Patrick Mahomes, 45 million. Josh Allen, 43. Derek Carr, 40 mil. But uh, Aaron Donald comes all the way down to 12. So he's the 12th highest player average. Average salary in the league at $30 million. Nice to see a defender up there <laughs> in the mix. And he's still got a bunch of quarterbacks after that behind him. I mean, the next position player is Tyreek Hill. So not too far down, Two down. Um, Aaron Donald's around 31 mil. Tyreek Hill's around 30 mil. Um, but, man, it's the offseason of getting paid, Tyler. And when you look at Aaron Donald, his deal coming in, he had no more guaranteed contract mm-hmm. uh, money left on his contract with two years remaining. So to tackle on a couple years and kind of facilitate – uh, a retirement if he wanted to retire in the next year or two was also part of the deal too Tyler I um, obviously the Rams are running it back we love to say that when championship teams have won and they're going into their title defense here it looks like the Rams are going to run it back and Aaron Donald is the key piece like you mentioned you know one of the best defenders of all time you know you put him right up there with Lawrence Taylor Um, And just the way that he affected the Bengals in that Super Bowl game in the fourth quarter, late in that game, I mean, the final minutes, third down, fourth down, he's all over Joe Burrow and that offensive line for the Bengals. Um, The Rams don't win the Super Bowl without him, and they don't defend their title without him either, and that's going to be the case next season.
1: Yeah, when you look at his impact, uh, like Cooper Cup said it yesterday, it's immeasurable the way he impacts the defense. Not only that defensive line, but the linebackers and the secondary. Jalen Ramsey and those boys don't have to cover as long because of Aaron Donald's uh, constant pressure. So he just affects the whole team with his ability. And, yeah, he's up there with Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White. He's in uh, that same class. When you talk about best uh, defensive players of all time, I'll throw Deion Sanders in there as well. That's the type of company uh, Aaron Donald is in. So it is uh, definitely well-deserved. And another thing, man, do the Rams have a salary cap? They just paid Matthew and hope- Stafford they pay, got Allen Robinson <laughs> they just paid uh Bobby Wagner to get him to come to LA and they're about to pay Cooper Cup, too
2: <laughs> and they might pay
1: and then they might pay Odell Beckham to come back i the rams are just operating yeah on, that's another one on some different type of salary cap i mean i need to know their salary cap guru the guy that's crunching the numbers because Whatever he's doing is work. <laughs> Whatever he's doing is work. It seems like the Rams are playing chess when everybody else is playing checks. Tyler,
0: me and you are about to call the Rams out to this podcast and ask them if they're hiring, bro. This is ridiculous, right. the amount of money they're throwing around. <laughs> and like you mentioned, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's to us paid. Yeah. Cooper Cup is getting paid while Christian Kirk is getting paid. And if you ask Cooper Cup, who led the league in receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns, was, Super Bowl, at, was, was he Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, as Cooper well? Cup should have yeah.
1: been. Cooper Cup Super Bowl MVP.
0: Yeah, see? So, you know what I'm saying? It's time for him to get paid as well. And, you know, if I'm Cooper Cup, I'm looking in the Tyreek Hill and, and Devontae Adams range. Shoot me 28 to 30 mil per year, because um, that's what I deserve just as much as my defensive tackle that's on my team as well. So the Rams got a lot of money to throw around, man. And they have a lot of people that want to get paid too. And this is something that you kind of see that happens in NFL teams that, really don't keep them together as long. But I think the Rams also realize that, you know, maybe this window that they're in right now where they're already won one, have a chance to win a second one, you know, let's just focus on trying to win these when we can win them because for us to try to stretch out our window even more, three, four, five years, you know, it's kind of – it's hard to kind of forecast what kind of team you're going to have, if you're going to keep those same players, all of the above. Um, For the Rams to just take this one year at a time, you know i applaud them for for paying these guys and doing that and and essentially saying those those magic words you know f them picks yeah
1: F sneeze, uh, I mean, less sneeze, uh, magic words, <laughs> F them picks. But the. You, it is, it is to change F- his F- name, right? F sneeze, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, the good thing for the Rams, and maybe, maybe it might not be a good thing, Cooper Cup has said publicly that he does not want to reset the market. He's not out to get a Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams type of deal and uh, maybe he'll, you know, agree to a team-friendly deal. And I know that's music to the Rams' ears because they're paying a lot of superstar players. You can add Jalen Ramsey in that mix. They're giving a lot of players the bag. Cooper Cup's going to get the bag, but I, I would be surprised if it's in the vicinity of Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill. I think it's going to be under that because he has indicated that he wants to, you know, sign a fair deal, but kind of a team-friendly deal because he knows that the Rams need to pay a lot of other players, i.e., Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey. Then the list goes on Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson. <laughs> the list goes on, and maybe get Odell Beckham back as well. Cooper Cup, <laughs> Cooper Cup, hey, Cooper Cup. I got, I got
0: a, I got a message for you, bro. You ain't, you ain't got to take less money, bro. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Your team has to pay all these players, and if you ask me. You deserve that money a lot more than some of those other yeah. guys.
1: Not, not, Aaron I mean, Donald, you, not Aaron Donald. Not Aaron Donald. But maybe some other guys. One. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of those other guys.
0: I would even say, I would even say, Jalen yeah. Ramsey, Tyler, who's still picking off his head off, off the Super Bowl yeah. field. Jalen Ramsey uh, had a bad off a Super Bowl. Higgins and I Jalen Ramsey
1: had a bad Super Bowl. He did. Yes, he did. He got. He got he exposed did, he did. a little. We got it. He did.
0: He did. He did, and he's still ranked number one among all cornerbacks in the next Madden coming out. So we'll see how that ranking does unfold. But Jalen Ramsey's my guy. Uh, you know, I covered him at FSU, and and uh, it's amazing to see his career. Happy for him to win a Super Bowl. But yeah, that was a that was probably the worst game I've seen him play. Um, he was just out of position, and sure enough, he'll tell you, hey, if somebody's ripping my helmet off, you would be out of position too. But not
1: to mention, he fell down that last play, defensive play for the Rams in the Super Bowl. If um you know, Joe Burrow had enough time. He got Jamar Chase open on a go route. Jalen Ramsey fell down, and Jamar Chase was running open. But you know who saved the day? That bad man, Aaron Donald, who just got paid. So he deserves that running because he saved Jalen Ramsey's <laughs> tail. <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely. And, and and Tyler, real quick, let's just go into this other uh, tidbit that we have here on the podcast for. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. crashed Sean McVay's wedding and tore up the dance floor, man. You would think he didn't have knee surgery, but uh, really cool to see Odell Beckham just showing up to Sean McVay's uh, wedding. And Sean McVay absolutely loved it, said, you crashed my wedding, now you have to re-sign with the Rams. Um, You know, for me, I think it's pretty cool to see Sean McVay very, very open in an age where coaches and people are not as open as, um, you know, saying about things that they want. Sean McVay wants Odell Beckham back. And, you know, Tyler, like you and I mentioned here after the Super Bowl, they really game plan that whole Super Bowl around Odell Beckham before he hurt his knee and the game plan changed in the third quarter. And then it just went to force feeding Cooper Cup (laughs) in
1: the fourth quarter. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, shout out to Sean McVay for uh, getting married. Uh, But yeah, it's a positive sign for Odell Beckham's uh, knee uh, surgery and his knee recovery for him, you know, cutting the rug and the dance floor showing out. And there were other coaches. And NFL personnel in the building, so they might have been looking at Odell like, oh, okay, his knee looks pretty good. Maybe we can, you know, get him on a tryout <laughs> here later. But I, I do, I have an uh, inkling that he might end up coming back to the L.A. Rams. He has a good rapport, obviously, with the team, good relationship with Cooper Cup. Him and Matthew Stafford build a connection. And the Rams, they probably do uh, need him. They, they want to have one of the best receiving corps in the National Football League with Odell Beckham in the building. I do think they are right up there with the Cincinnati Bengals as the best receiving corps uh, in the NFL. Probably the best with Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. So uh, it is a good sign that he's you know on the dance floor. I know he uh, just bought a house in Arizona and he's back and forth to uh, LA. So he frequents uh, uh, LA and uh, Phoenix often. So, you know, LA is home to him. Hey, he might even go to the Cardinals. So I don't know. I mean, he has a lot of options. Odell Beckham is going to have a lot of options. I think everybody's just concerned with his, you know, knee injury, but him being on the dance floor and Sean McVay stating that, and I think there's even video out there, of him dancing, that is a positive sign that his recovery is going well.
0: Well, when is Odell not dancing, first of all? Uh, and, second, and second of all, shout out to him buying a house in Arizona, doing the California thing. You go to Arizona for some cheaper real estate. We all know that Bitcoin, he got paid, definitely lost some value in the last year. Sorry for him on that front. Um, but I did want to say another positive note about OBJ, man. And he had a really great TikTok video. Tyler, I don't know if you saw it um but he just said you know it was it was essentially you know he just had a baby with this with this girl and you know he um you know he essentially said i thought winning the super bowl would be the best moment of my life and then you came along and it's video of him holding his baby mm-hmm. enjoying early days of fatherhood so Odell beckham's got a lot of stuff going on man super bowl champion first time father um you know he's got to get his money up from bitcoin don't sign no more bitcoin deals NFL players and for now at least for now at least but you know, essentially, I definitely do see him returning to the Rams as well. And I think for him, take the time you need to recover. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Rams don't need him in September and
1: October. They need
0: him in December, January and February where it matters most. Yeah,
1: he's not going to ha- have a shortage of sh- uh, suitors though out there for him. I mean, I can even see the Green Bay Packers uh, giving him and his Asian a call because they need, you know, re- receiver too. So It's going to be uh, intriguing to see where he uh, winds up. He is still a valuable player in this league and is one of the better receivers. Yes, he's not the same receiver, but he's a valuable number two receiver on anybody's team.
0: All right, guys, and we have some new revelations on all of the -the off-the-field manners. Deshaun Watson uh, got himself in from fall 2019 to spring. 2021, right before the first set of lawsuits came down against him. Uh, the New York Times reported Tuesday, uh, Watson booked Machat's appointments with at least 66 women over 17 months, um, numbers far different than the 24, now 24, uh, you know, allegations uh, in, in civil lawsuits against him, uh, alleging sexual misconduct. And um it, I just I continue to be baffled by the situation, Tyler, and the amount of accusations, the amount of people, um, you know, this light that we saw Deshaun Watson in coming out of Clemson and starting his career with the Houston Texans and the way we see him now after getting traded to the Cleveland Browns, signing a $230 million contract and, oh, by the way, two more lawsuits came against him this week. Um I guess, Tyler, what are some of your thoughts after reading the Times report?
1: Man, so before I read the article, I was on the side of, you know, I think the NFL is going to suspend them eight games. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with that or I disagree, but I was thinking, OK, it's probably going to be an eight game suspension. After I read the article and it is a damning article, um. Of the belief that the NFL might in fact suspend him for the entire season. I don't see how the NFL can let him play a game in 2022 based on this, these new, this new evidence, all these 66 massage therapists over a 17 month span. And so I'm going to put like, some perspective on it. Now, when I was a student athlete, I got, you know, massages from massage therapists. Now, I went to one massage therapist. And as an athlete, you want to go to somebody that like knows your body and knows like your injury history, somebody that you trust and somebody who's qualified. And you don't want to keep on going to different massage therapists because they don't really know your body that well. So you want to kind of pick out one. And so when I was an athlete, I picked out one and I kept on going to that same person over and over because of that. If I went to another one, you have to fill out all this paperwork again. You have to tell them, okay, this spot, this is where I tore my ACL, Da 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 da. And so you have to keep on going up. And I wasn't an athlete of Deshaun Watson's caliber. So it's even more serious for an NFL superstar or any sports superstar to go to a massage therapist that you really trust and that knows your body. So that is perplexing to say the least that he went to that many and it's at least 66. So for Deshaun Watson, it's like, okay, man. It's kind of hard to believe you and your credibility is being questioned. If you're had that many different women that you're going to to get massages from 66 over 70 months. And again, it's at least. And you can talk to many athletes across the board. And I'm not going to just pinpoint it on, you know, Deshaun Watson, but most athletes, they pick out one, to a couple massage therapists who they frequent because they trust them and they know that they're really good at what they are supposed to do, which is giving, giving like deep tissue massages and certain spots of the body. But after reading that report, I just don't see how the NFL can let him play a down in 2022, and it is hard to believe him. I've met Deshaun Watson, I know his agent, but it, it's it's hard for me to see a scenario where he plays based on this new report. And if it's if it's true, man, it's just a sad situation because you think about you know the women that are affected, and then you think about you know maybe possibly their families that are affected. And it's just, it's just a shame that, you know, if this is indeed true, Deshaun Watson has a serious problem. He definitely needs some counseling and he needs to talk to somebody, get some help. And, you know, I do believe in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever chances, as long as you show that you've learned from your mistakes and you're willing to grow. But he has to sit down and, you know, have some self-reflection and there has to be if this is indeed true, a punishment for all of this.
0: You know, the biggest part of that story that came out by, you know, Jennifer Rentes of the New York Times was, um, you know, kind of towards the bottom of the story where it also mentioned how Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden, one of the most renowned lawyers, you know, in the country uh, worked with Roger Clemens, some other very, very high profile cases. Uh, He was in regular, regular communication with the prosecutors in Texas and Harris County that were, um, looking up the criminal complaints here. All right. Regular meaning, uh, you know, text messages, phone calls. They even came to rusty Hardin's office. And the biggest thing here lies to me is the lawyer, Tony Busby, who represents these women against Deshaun Watson had a very, very lengthy statement. Um, and, and, that pretty much tells me everything that we need to know about this case and that the women here were very much shorted by all the authorities involved here. I'll I'll read Busby's uh, quote and it says, just so there's no confusion. I personally contacted the Harris County DA's office one time on behalf of the victims to make available to her, my clients and any evidence I collected. My team also did. They wouldn't even talk to us. I had no idea that the assistant district attorney was regularly corresponding with Deshaun Watson's lawyer by email and text. I didn't know the assistant district attorney actually went to Rusty Hardin's office to discuss the cases. I didn't know that Watson's lawyer provided a PowerPoint that was used before the grand jury. I didn't know, but now know after speaking to the investigating officer under oath that the police investigation team was convinced that Watson had committed more than 10 sexual crimes or that the ADA has prevented the investigating officers from talking to women who file lawsuits but not file criminal complaints. All right. all of this is saying here is that the women are being cut short here, Tyler, that essentially when the prosecutor hears that there's at least 10 cases and now it's 22 civil lawsuits and now it's 24, the prosecutor says, I have to hear 24 different cases against Deshaun Watson, right? And essentially only two people were in the room when Deshaun Watson is getting massaged. It's Deshaun Watson and the massage therapist. So you have 24 he said, she said cases that you all have to kind of uncover. And one is going to be either upholded to the law, and one is either going to be, you know, find a way that's dismissed. And now any every case that's dismissed because of any technicality, we're going to try to find a way to dismiss all the others. On the same technicality, Rusty Harden is one of the best lawyers in the country. Is the reason why Deshaun Watson paid a lot of money to him and his team to hire him. But for the prosecutor to say, "Hey, we don't want to deal with twenty four cases, individual cases on Deshaun Watson," it's not like we can put one whole, this into one big case and charge them all together because that's a whole bunch of com- you know paperwork and discovery and interviews and all of the like. You know, it just looks to me when you don't give Deshaun Watson a, a, a criminal charge here on this, it looks like you are just avoiding all that paperwork.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that is a, a great point. And, you know, if Deshaun Watson did not have the money that he has and he did not have Rusty Harden as a lawyer, it does make you wonder, would he be in the position that he is in now? Because it's one thing to have, you know, one, two, three accusers. But then it's a whole different ball game when you have twenty-two, now twenty-four accusers accusing you of the same thing. It's a, it shows a pattern of behavior, and then this report that came out: sixty-six massage therapists over seventeen months. That's bizarre. That's extreme. That that shows a serious problem. Nobody in their right mind, I don't care what state your body is in, is having 66 different massage therapists in 17 months. It looks worse and worse for Deshaun Wassa and for him to have the largest amount of guaranteed money in NFL history. The NFL is all about protecting the shield, protecting the image. But this is a huge image problem for the NFL right now.
0: I mean, I, you know, I think protecting the shield is one thing. I think the NFL probably doesn't really care how much – how it looks once the dollars are rolling in and the viewers are still watching. I think at the end of the day, you know, Deshaun Watson's case didn't stop viewership at all last season. Um, you know, it's going to continue to – everything is going to continue to roll with or without Deshaun Watson. And I think, the you know, another one of the worst things that could happen here is Deshaun Watson's – should be suspended all all 17 games next year. And um, the Browns roster is nice, but not on offense. And I don't think you get Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's not going to save your day. He just got excused from, you know, going to, you know, offseason practices, uh, you know, this these coming weeks. But, I mean, the Browns are going to go 0-17 next year. And what's even <laughs> worse than the Browns going 0-17 is the fact that they'll probably be in line for the number one pick next year too. So, uh, you know, it's a lose-lose situation for, for the nfl because not only you suspend deshaun watson and then the team he's on gets the number one pick i mean that's not a great look either um i think the cleveland browns will be the favorite to get the number one pick of deshaun watson is suspended all next year and he should be suspended all next year and um even if there's appeal and all that i'm not sure what the nfl can do and how the nfl can have him on the field unless all of this all of it is settled And and even if it is settled before game one week one of the season the stain is, is just is going to be so hard to remove for Deshaun Watson moving forward. All right, let's lighten up the podcast a little bit and talk about one of the most charismatic, fun-loving quarterbacks in NFL history. Uh, Tyler likes to call him my boy, and I would proudly call him my boy. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the 17-year NFL veteran, played for nine teams during his career, has officially retired. You know the announcement came last week. Tyler Fred Jackson posted, uh, uh, you know, the text that he received from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick spent about, you know, a good couple hours, Tyler, with his oldest son, looking over all the rosters. So seventeen years worth of rosters, times all those players, typing their names, putting it in a little word cloud, and just showing up with some words of everybody's name in it. Taking the time to want to thank everybody he's played with over the years. Um, it's cool because Ryan Fitzpatrick is obviously, he's not up there with the Tom Brady's Peyton Manning. He's not up there with the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I think, um, just the play that he did show throughout his career, being always ready, always ready to play. Um, he was the reason you won or lost the game. Um, but his charismatic attitude definitely, um, allowed fans to gravitate towards him even more in the last, you know, five to seven years and, uh I wish him well in retirement, man. I hope to see him on TV. Tyler, what are, you, what are your thoughts on when you heard about Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, retiring last week?
1: Yeah, good career. As you say, he's not one of the amongst the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but you don't have to be amongst the greatest that still have a really good NFL career. He was a model mm-hmm. teammate. A lot of his teammates speak very highly about him, a good presence. In the locker room, he did win a lot of uh, regular season games. Didn't have playoff success. Um, but overall, when somebody retires and everybody says good things about you, that just shows the type of person you are on and off the field. And I have to say, went to Harvard, so he is smart, too. <laughs> we got to mention that. If you go to Harvard uh, and then play in the NFL, yeah. and if I you did. got into Harvard... Harvard looked at my SAT and ACT scores and GPA and they were like, nah, I know you're a good track athlete, but nah, we, we ain't wow. going to get you. <laughs> wow, you know you
0: wasted your time, Tyler. <laughs>
1: props. props <laughs> I know, you wasted your time. So props <laughs> to him for getting accepted into Harvard and an athletic scholarship. I mean, that's probably more impressive than his entire I, NFL career. I,
0: I, I don't know. I would, I, would say, <laughs> I would say his NFL career was really impressive too, Tyler. I mean, look, Harvard quarterback didn't get – uh, you know, offers out of high school, was not highly recruited, mm-hmm. was a seventh round pick, didn't play for about two, three years, finally got a shot to play, um, bounced around with so many teams, so many teams gave him an opportunity, had a really good run with the Bills for four seasons, had a good run with the Jets. I think they went 10 and five one year and, and fell short. That was the year he had Brandon Marshall. Um, and, and for Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, he definitely got to a point, especially after that Jets tenure where he fell out of love with the game of football. You know, the Jets, mm-hmm. his time with the Jets was, you know, 10-5 one year, and then the next season they were nowhere near that at all, below 500, Um, you know, obviously him getting ousted from there, and he did not really understand or, or love the game of football as much as he did before. Um, and sure enough, he landed in Tampa Bay and uh, landed up in, in being Jameis Winston's uh, backup. And then he landed in Miami and ended up being Tua to Tungavailoa was, you know, started before him and a backup, and then spent one game, one game with the Washington Commanders, tried to keep going, but sustained a hip injury in week one of the season last year. And when when he got hurt, it definitely felt bad for him. You know, I covered him for two seasons here with the Dolphins. And, and just, Tyler, one of the nicest guys you'll ever run into. He's nice to every single body he's with. Um, his teammates rave about him. And the fact that when I was covering this Dolphins team, everybody was 24, 25 and younger. And he's 36, 37, seen it all, done it all in the league, Um, you know, talking to these rookies and like, hey, man, I was there where you are. And and just that kind of advice that he can give a player. And he's a cool guy in the locker room, man. Everybody gravitates towards him. No matter how old Ryan Fitzpatrick gets, he'll be like kind of like Charles Barkley, Shaq. Like they're just so cool. doesn't matter how old they'll get. They'll still be cool in their own way. Um, You know, I'm excited to see. I really hope he does do some TV um, you know, one thing he always repeated when he was here in Miami, he's like, I have all this quarterback knowledge I want to spread on. And I'm not he he's got too many kids to be a coach. He wants to coach his kids first, but uh we'll love to see and see him in the future and what he does for the game of football because um he's been a really cool figure to cover. He's been a really cool figure to watch. Um and, and anytime Ryan Fitzpatrick got into the game, Tyler, everybody kind of tuned in and said, What's he gonna do? Is he gonna come back? Is he gonna end up throwing for 400 yards? I mean that's really cool when you have that kind of reputation as a player.
1: Yeah, I really hope he does uh, TV. I do agree with you. I think he's you know charismatic figure and will do really well either as in the broadcast booth as an uh, you know analyst, color analyst during games or uh, post game or pre game uh, analyst for Fox, ESPN, CBS. I think he will do very well in that line of work.
0: All right, Tyler, let's do a couple quick hitters. Uh, Before we get uh, Parker on to talk about the Broncos sale here. But first off, let's start off in Seattle. Uh, No more Russell Wilson. And I don't know about DK Metcalf, but he's not trying to show up anytime soon. Uh, DK Metcalf was not in attendance Tuesday for the start of Seahawks mandatory camp. Um, Unexcused absence, by the way. And uh, Tyler, when when I hear news of that, I think DK Metcalf is trying to get paid.
1: He is trying to get paid, and I actually think that DK Metcalf has leverage in this situation because if you're a Seattle Seahawks, you want to put a winning product out on the field, and it's been a mass exodus in Seattle. Russell Wilson, and the list goes on and on and on. Bobby Wagner, people, talented, Pro Bowl-caliber players that have exited the building in Seattle. I mean, Seattle, Jamal Adams, and who else on your roster? excites fans so you need to pay DK Metcalf because he's literally the only box office item that you have in Seattle
0: shout out to um you know Tyler Lockett as well but um if I'm Seattle and I'm not gonna pay DK Metcalf I'm gonna trade him before anybody else trades for Depot Samuel that's for sure uh Tyler let's get into another one Colin Kaepernick worked out with uh the Raiders a couple weeks ago and Derek Carr this week said for us I think he would be great him and I would get along great." Um, nice to see him, kind of saying Colin Kaepernick would be a nice addition to the Raiders. But
1: yeah, I don't, I don't see this happening. Tyler, how about you? I'm still holding out hope. And shout out to Derek Carr for saying that. I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt him uh, saying that he would welcome Colin Kaepernick in the building. Um, they are from the same area, Derek Carr from Bakersfield, California, Colin Kaepernick from Modesto, California, both in the Central Valley. They played in the WAC. Uh, Derek Carr, obviously Fresno State, Colin Kaepernick, Nevada. So they have some familiar ties. And they have a pretty good uh, relationship that, that Derek Carr said he knows him. And it would be a, a welcoming addition. Devontae Adams is from you know California, too. So they have some close ties with. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and I do think it will be a good fit the Raiders do need a backup quarterback if you've seen their backup quarterback list it is not good Colin Kaepernick would definitely win that number two job if they let him in the building and sign him to a contract
0: Tyler let's go up to Green Bay real quick where Aaron Rodgers was at OTAs after playing some golf with a couple guys but said uh, when asked if he was going to finish his career with the Packers he said yes Definitely. Um, but it's just a matter of when for Aaron Rodgers. And I think another quote that made, you know, he said that made sense is, you know, playing is easy. It's the other part that's the grind. You wear a lot of hats as a quarterback, and it's more than just playing on Sundays. I think at some point the grind gets to us. I think every year it feels like a slightly bigger commitment to commit to being that guy again for a whole season. Uh, Tyler, we're seeing a, a couple guys here. Tom Brady could be good looking as last year. Aaron Rodgers could be looking as last year. Uh, your boy LeBron James could be looking at his last year. Uh, a bunch of guys looking at retirement in the late 30s, Tyler.
1: Well, let's not put LeBron in that mix. LeBron still has several years left and probably another title or two in that. But back to the gridiron. Uh, Aaron Rodgers oh, has 150 million reasons to stay. He signed through the 2024 season. Now, he could change his mind when he's throwing to receivers not named Devontae Adams, and these receivers cannot get open. And so there could be some hesitation for him to keep on coming back if you know he does not have one of the best receivers in the NFL. So I, I can see him mulling retirement each and every uh, year if the receiving corps in Green Bay does not get better.
0: Is that enough of a trade off, Tyler? 50 mil and no Devontae Adams? Is that enough of a trade off to make you want to keep playing quarterback? It,
1: it, it would be for me. I mean, I can throw to the Boo Boo the Fool <laughs> for 150 million. Like, I don't care who I'm throwing the ball to. You give me 150 million, I'm going to take hits and whatever. For 150 million, I will throw to oh, whoever.
0: <laughs> oh, shout out to Boo Boo to Fool. What time? <laughs> Oh, dear. Tyler, let's welcome our resident, resident It's a Football Podcast guest, Parker Gabriel, chiming in from Denver. Parker has just joined USA Today Sports as our Denver Broncos writer, and man, he's got some major news already. Um, Parker, I thought it was a great story you wrote last night on the pending sale of the Denver Broncos let's just kick it right over to you man how you feeling in Denver today and what's this been like with news of the sale you know kind of reaching this point
1: did you buy the team Parker did you chip in into some of that money that 4.65 billion did you chip in I was only at
3: 4.6 billion so you know they just won up
0: oh you needed the extra five
3: unfortunately yeah Yeah. yeah, I should have maybe I should have come to you guys (laughs)
1: You should have called Sloppin, not me. Yeah. Call Sloppin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was in, you know, it's
3: the thing about the thing about it that, that's interesting, aside from and we can talk about this it, just sort of a mind-blowing number, you know, 4.65 billion. But the um, the thing that's interesting about it is it's happened relatively quickly. I mean, the franchise was just officially put up for sale February first. Uh, it's happened. We've got to this point in the proceedings about three weeks, a little more than three weeks quicker than than Carolina did four years ago when David Tepper bought that franchise. Uh, and just the second round, it's an auction sale. So, so Pat Boland, the, the former owner of, of the Broncos passed in 2019. Uh, the, the franchise had actually been managed by a trust um, since 2014 as he battled Alzheimer's. And so the sale just sort of, it accelerated pretty quickly. The second round bids on the auction uh, were due Monday afternoon uh, and then Tuesday night uh, the team just tweets out um, that they'd entered a, a, a sale agreement um, with Rob Walton uh, and Greg Penner uh, and, and sort of the Walton Penner family. So it, it it should sail pretty smoothly from here uh, and be official you know before the season starts.
0: Yeah, we need uh, NFL teams when they're sold. They need uh, an approval from the league's financials committee, and then uh, 24 owners out of all the teams uh, must also approve of the sale. Um, Parker, it's incredible because the, the Carolina Panthers sold recently, I believe in 2018, for about $2.3 billion. Yep. And so for the Denver Broncos to double that in a matter of a couple years, and more than double, by the way, at $4.65 billion, um, you know, it's incredible. And actually, I read somewhere that they uh, they actually expected the, the sale to actually top five billion. Um, so I think some NFL owners out there might be a little little antsy or a little bit like, man, five bill or, or as soon as they see four point six, they're like, all right, how much more can we have now? Um, it's an incredible, an incredible figure. And it just broke American history. The most valued franchise in American history just sold for four point six, five billion dollars.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So so Rob Walton, um, who will be the controlling owner, I think, in this group uh, is the son of Sam Walton, who co-founded Walmart. Um, He served as the chair from 1992 uh, to 2015. And then actually, since he stepped down, the chairman of Walmart has been Greg Penner, his son-in-law, who also is a key player in this ownership group. So uh, it is... You know, it's the Walmart family, essentially, um, that that's that's buying the Denver Broncos here. Um, Rob's daughter is Carrie Walton Penner, uh, Greg Penner's wife. Uh, and so they the three of them are sort of, um, you know, the 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 thrust of this ownership group. And then there's one um, there's only one person outside the family that we know of so far uh, that, that was that was in the news release last night. And that's Melody Hobson um, who is an incredibly accomplished, uh, woman. Um, she's the, she is the chairwoman of Starbucks. Uh, and when she earned that title last year or in 2020, uh, she became the first black woman to serve as the chair of an S and P 500 company. If you read her resume, it's one of those things, where it's just like, you can't, it's hard to imagine doing one of those things, let alone the sort of like dozens that she's done. So it's a pretty small group that, that we know of so far. It's Rob Walton, uh, his daughter and son-in-law, and then Melody Hobson. Um, you know, There could be other family members involved, um, but so far this looks like it's gonna be very much a Walton-Penner uh, family operation.
0: When you talk about Walmart money, uh, I think it's pretty fair to say Rob Walton has now become, when it's all official, he'll be the richest NFL owner in the league. And uh, I know some other guys might be a little jealous about that. Tyler, what do you think? you think Jerry Jones would be okay? Let somebody else, uh, you know, take, take the reins as the riches.
1: Yeah. Well, when I heard about the number of, uh, you know, how much is being sold for, I immediately thought about the Dallas Cowboys and if Jerry Jones ever decided to sell the team, I mean, I'm thinking. 10 plus billion dollars for the Cowboys, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, would be up there just based on location and the, you know, how high California is. I mean, some of these NFL franchises. That
0: stadium alone, that uh, stadium alone is going <laughs> to add to the value, man. <laughs> right.
1: Right. And not to mention the Walmart connection, uh, Stan Kroenke is uh, in the Walmart yep. family as well by a uh, marriage. So, you know, there's a Walmart connection with the Los Angeles Rams too, but that's just an astronomical uh, figure. And, you know, I, I do. It does make me think, though, not to, you know, dampen, you know, the story and everything. I, a part of me did wish that there it was going to be another minority owner because the NFL does lack that. Uh, all American sports lack minority owners. Um, but, you know, it's hard to argue against $4.65 billion. Not a lot of people have that type of money.
3: Yeah, and it's interesting, Tyler. I mean, of the four, you know, finalists, one of them uh, was a couple of guys from from Clear Lake Capital, uh, led by Jose Feliciano. Um, but other than that, you know, so, he, so that was the only of the four groups that was headed by uh, a minority candidate. Um, mm-hmm. So. That was obviously it's been it's been a sort of stated priority um, of the NFL. We haven't seen it manifest itself at the ownership level. And obviously there's a lot of lacking, you know, all the way down, down the pipeline through management and coaching and all of that as well. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see. And I think this is one of the questions just in talking to people sort of through this process. One of the things that's going to be interesting to see is how act of a role somebody like melody hobson has in the organization you know i mean she through her career has been very intentional about what she does and why she does it and so one of the many things that's going to be fascinating about about all of this is what is her impact and what you know what sort of um agent of change which i mean that's that's what's going to be asked to some degree right and and that's Mm -hmm. obviously a a high bar uh, to clear, but what sort of agent of change um, is she and and what does she bring to the ownership mix? And certainly uh, that's not going to be probably known overnight, uh, but that's one of those things that's going to be very interesting to watch going forward.
0: Real quick, guys, I guess, as we wrap this up, I wanted to just touch base on the, you know, the five richest owners now in the NFL. We got Rob Walton with the Denver Broncos at $58.2 billion. Hey man, Walmart's been running the game for a while. Uh, It's understandable. (laughs) They got some Uh, of my money. <laughs> <laughs> next, next up is David Tepper with the Carolina Panthers at 16.7 billion, uh your boy Jerry Jones Tyler with the Dallas Cowboys at 12.8 billion, Stan Kroenke with the Los Angeles Rams at 10.7 billion dollars, and then we got Robert Kraft for the New England Patriots at 8.3 billion dollars. Uh it's, it's a big difference. You know, a lot of us are real broke. It's hard to uh, understand the difference between millions and billions. And it's a big difference. Um, but just for the fact that the Denver Broncos sold for 4.6 billion, um, you know, speaks volumes to what the values of any franchises will be in the future. And, you know, some of the other, you know, teams or franchises in this country as well, guys.
1: And it's crazy. When you're worth over $58 billion, 4. billion, That $4.65 that's like, you know, a, a minor dent in a bank account. A minor dent. For, if I lost $4.6 if I had $4.6 billion, dollars, if I lost that, I, I would cry. It would be the end of the world to me. <laughs> but man, it, 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 it man, $4.6 billion, sophit it. Tyler, we get it, bro. 6 Tyler, we get it, man.
0: With a beat. <laughs> Tyler, we get it. It's a lot of money that we don't have. We get it, Tyler. We get it.
3: Yeah, My and that's p- it's part of what made him. It's part of what what made him the the sort of favorite all along. If you were if you were sort of if you were betting on this, right, is that all of the other groups. I mean, it's just an inc- such an incredible um, figure. All of the other groups. It was you know multiple. Obviously, there's rules with the NFL. You know, one controlling owner's got to be able to put down at least thirty percent. Um, of the total price, but he was the one guy in this whole process that could you know swallow the whole thing and do it without needing a big consortium of people without needing to you know take out a lot of debt you can take up to a billion but obviously you know not necessary uh, in this regard. don't know exactly how the deal structured but um, just based on on net worth and then, yeah, and it certainly didn't hurt the the Cronky uh, connection there. His cousin is married to Stan Cronky, and so if you thought Christmas was going to be interesting with me and Tyler in L.A., just imagine Christmas dinner <laughs> with the Cronkys and the Waltons now, when you've got uh, the Rams and the Broncos on on
1: each side of the table. So, what is the sense you're getting from like the Broncos organization, like players and maybe coaches from the cell? Have it? Have anybody? Said anything publicly about it?
3: Yeah, not there hasn't been a lot publicly said about it. Uh, Joe Ellis, the CEO of the program, just had a statement uh, in the release late last night announcing the news. But I think one of the things, one of the senses you get, and I I think we'll get more of this, especially from folks who have been around the organization for a long time. It's interesting, right? Like they got a new coaching staff, uh, they got a new quarterback, Russell Wilson. Now they got a new owner, so there's a lot of fresh blood uh, Mm -hmm. sort of coming into the organization, and I think that the you know finalization of the sale process when that happens over the next couple months it it really it's obviously a watershed moment um for the franchise just in the sense Mm -hmm. that you know it hadn't changed hands since since 1984. but i think it also is it puts to bed what's been sort of a a long and, and complicated process there's there was a lot of legal wrangling um there was a lot of family you know drama um Among the seven Bolin kids, you know, when uh, when Patrick Bolin, you know, got Alzheimer's, was diagnosed in in 2014 and gave up control of the team, there wasn't really a succession plan in place. And, And ultimately, through all of that, there's seven kids and ultimately they weren't able to figure out a clean succession plan. And then it was years of of, you know, legal filings and lawsuits and all of that before. The road was really paved to open it up to an estate sale, auction sale, and so the Bullens obviously have been, um, you know, sort of central to the Broncos and and to, to Denver in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And so the franchise changing hands um, will be, it is, and it will be sort of a seismic moment, obviously, in 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 Colorado sports.
1: All this underscores the fact, Sopet, that the AFC West. It's the most interesting division in football. Every single team has fascinating storylines, and I know you hated South it being an AFC East lover, but the AFC West is the most interesting and the best division of football. Parker agrees with me. I know he does.
0: I, I hate it less. I hate it less if argue. I could come join. I hate it less if I could come join you guys for Christmas, man.
1: Yeah, Tyler's house. We're doing it. <laughs> oh my house! Nah, no, my house is full.
0: Oh,
3: <laughs> see now. <laughs> oh, okay, I, all right, hey, well.
1: No, I got a, We got. I'll I'll give you a gift card for Christmas to Motel Six, so you can stay over there. They'll keep. They got nice gift
0: for you. They got they got they got a gift cards out there for that. Tyler, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Man, Motel
0: shout out to, Six. Sh- shout out to Parker one time real quick, man, because he just started covering the Broncos and the depth of knowledge that he knows already on this team, the inner workings and the new owners, um, and just the breadth of the situation. Really cool stuff, Parker. Congrats to you. And uh looking forward to your coverage of the new age of the Broncos era this season, man.
3: Yeah, I appreciate you guys. There's been so it's it's supposed to be the slow time here, but there's stuff going on. You have to hit the
0: ground running, huh? That's right. That's right. There's never an off season NFL Parker. Welcome to the mix.
2: All right, so we like to have a little bit of fun here on It's a Football Podcast. And I thought this week, what a good chance to bring back some games. We've done a little bit of trivia. Um Soffit hasn't done so well in it. So I'm gonna mix it up a little. We're going to get some money involved because it's all about getting paid, getting that money, cashing those checks. We've got Aaron Donald's contract, which brought in $95 million through the 2024 season. I did a little bit of math. People can come at me later for my math. I was a journalism major, so I do not guarantee you anything to the dime here. But we're going to play a little game where the insiders are going to tell me whether this item is more or less than some version of Aaron Donald's contract. And then we got a little bonus here at the end for uh, the price of the Denver Broncos. So you guys ready? First up, we've got Joe Burrow's AFC Championship chain. Now that is the JB9... Ooh by Safed's boy, Leo. It is a gold diamond Cuban link, 18 karat white gold pendant with the number nine. So is Joe Burrow's AFC championship chain more or less than Donald's hourly wage of $15,248.38? Safed, since you know Leo well, I'll start with you.
0: I think Joe Burrow's chain is more. I think it's probably around 18K, a little bit more than than what,
1: uh, what Aaron Donald makes in an hour. And Joe Burrow's chain is more. I know how much jewelry costs. <laughs> <laughs> unanimous,
3: unanimous. Jo- Joe Burrow's chain's got to be more than 15 grand.
2: All right. I can't fool you guys on that one. It costs an estimated 25000 to 30000 for that Joe Burrow chain, um, which Joe Burrow famously said he makes too much money for it to be fake diamonds.
0: Dollar, dollar bill, yo.
2: Let's spin the wheel a little bit, see what else we got. We have an item that uh, hopefully one of you or maybe all of you can go in and get me for Christmas. It is the Himalaya Birkin bag with diamonds.
1: Now, is this bag
2: more or less than Donald's daily wage of $121,923.08? Is the Birkin bag more Or less.
0: Way
3: more. Yeah. I I can't even say that I know exactly what this is. (laughs) It sounds to me like it's about 119,000. So I'm going to say under by the slimmest of margins.
1: I, I think it's under two. I do. You said over, Safet, so go ahead and say it with your chest. You said over initially. Wait,
0: wait, was it was it were we still talking about his hourly salary of 15K? What were we talking about?
2: No, no, we're talking about his daily salary of 121,929.
0: $121. I don't know, a Birkin is at least 40, 50k, so I would say under as well.
2: You are incorrect. You're all gonna have to go in together. The Himalayan Birkin bag with the diamonds was sold in 2017. For over four hundred thousand U.S. dollars, it was notoriously the most infamously expensive bag sold at auction. Retail price was three hundred thousand, but obviously it went more for the rarity. So, just combine your guesses, and we'll get that for Christmas.
0: I told you guys it was over.
1: You were right. Emily says she wanted for Christmas. That's the big takeaway. Like she, she thinks we got that money to spend. (laughs) For her Christmas present. That's the big takeaway
0: from it. I know she's not asking us.
2: Well, I, I didn't get one last us, year. I didn't get sure. one last year. So you got two years worth to save up there. So I'll just so wait a gonna couple more years. You're to get
0: the you got last year, girl.
2: All right. Let's spin this wheel again. <laughs> this is Michael Jordan's Mercedes W140 S600 Coupe that he bought in 1996 Amongst the mix of coming back to the NBA with that infamous two-word, I'm back letter, reigniting with that three-peat dream team of Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen. So is this car, which sold in 2020 on eBay, more or less than Donald's weekly wage of $609,615? Tyler, this is all you.
1: It's more or less. I'm going to say, oh, and the car sold on eBay. You said, okay, it's going to be more. Yeah, you can't.
3: I mean, you can't. You can't doubt the ability of uh, eBay to fetch fetch a, a premium. Uh, Six hundred and nine thousand is a lot for a car, but
1: Michael over. Jordan, yeah,
0: over, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say over as well. I'm thinking this car alone probably was two hundred, three hundred thousand when Jordan first when Jordan first bought it. So. Let's add some value to it just because he had it. He drove in it. He probably got it customized. So. <laughs>
1: right. A male. I'm going to say
0: over 690.
2: <laughs> Shockingly, you guys are all wrong. It it sold for a deal, a steal on eBay. It had 157,000 miles on the odometer and sold for $150,855 in 2020. So someone got a steal and a piece of history with that Michael Jordan coupe. So. You guys know a little bit. We need to do a little bit more savings and pricing those Birkin bags a little bit better. But let's end here with this bonus because we want to get Rob Walton and his chunk of change Involves The Broncos, as we've talked about, sold for reportedly $4.65 billion, a record in American sports franchises. I went to Walmart's website, kind of priced some things out. How many champion power equipment, dual fuel portable generators with a wheel <laughs> kit? would it take to equal the sale of the Broncos? A key here, it runs on propane and gas.
3: Yeah, I live in an apartment, so I don't have any generators. Uh, But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, okay, let's see. I'm not real good at math, but um, say 5 million.
0: Uh, I actually like that guess by Parker. Um, Generators to billions? I'm going to say like 10 10 million
1: generators, yo. I'm going to go up. And I'll go even higher. I'll say thirteen.
2: Well, you got to leave it to the expert here, Parker. You are the closest without going over. In fact, you got within two hundred thousand of the uh, the actual number of generators wow. of it would take. So the Get Denver Broncos, here. the Denver Broncos are equal to five million two hundred thirty-two thousand four hundred and eighty generators that retail for a price of eight hundred eighty-eight dollars and sixty-eight cents. Four-star review, and it's on sale now for the summer season.
0: There you go. By the way, we don't endorse any yeah. products,
1: <laughs> and who couldn't I, use five point two? But it's a football podcast. <laughs> I, I was hoping you were going to ask how much you know great value toilet paper we can buy with that amount of money. <laughs>
2: all right well thank you for playing i will keep in mind and keep my eye out come december for my birkin bag thank you parker for joining it's a football podcast and all of our listeners for listening on a weekly basis this is it's football podcast with safa dean tyler dragon i'm emily Olson. tune in next week and make sure you download the usa today sports plus app because we want you to fan harder It's a football podcast.
3: Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans
1: fan harder.